Welcome once again to Flag Church. If this is your very first Sunday here with us, just want to welcome each one of you. Um, my name is Pastor Anthony. Excited that you are joining us this Sunday morning. I'd like to welcome all of you in Fort Scott. Um, amazing. Uh, got to hang out with you guys last week and excited to see what God is continuing to do there. And uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, this morning we are continuing our series talking about Discipline to Freedom. And uh, last week, Pastor Shelby did an outstanding job unpacking the importance of worshiping God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and the importance of coming uh, into uh, the presence of God through worship. And uh, this uh, morning, we continue uh, talking about uh, more of those disciplines that lead us uh, to uh, freedom. And we'll be talking about how discipline in our life, the disciplines that God has given us, the disciplines that we find in God's Word, the ways of Jesus lead to freedom, but we live in a world full of distractions. <laughs> and I don't know, after we've started this series, I feel like I constantly hear that word, distraction. And because there are so many distractions that are trying to derail us from being disciplined, Many of you may have had New Year's resolutions that you made that uh, kind of already seem to be falling away, or maybe you're like, man, I need to get back on that, stop reminding me, because we got distracted, because we kind of fell back into the routines of uh, the way we like to do life, the way we feel comfortable, the way uh, things kind of operate in our uh, normal settings, but we talk about how it's important to stay disciplined and how if we can prevent the distractions from derailing us, how we experience our freedom through that. So this morning, um, I want to unpack the discipline of confession, okay? Yes, confession, and uh, uh, this might be a word that uh, has kind of lost its way out of the church, <laughs> and uh, just wanted to talk about what does it mean from God's word to uh, to uh, understand confession. And if you've uh, missed any of our message uh, in the from the past, I encourage you to check out our Flag Church app. Also on our app, you'll find uh, notes that you can take. Uh, we encourage you to bring a, a notepad and, and write down what God is speaking to your heart, because a lot of times He will speak and. Uh, the, this world will steal it away and will forget, but it's important to go back and reflect on what God is speaking. So confession, to tell or to make known to someone, to tell or to make known or to admit, okay, confession. Uh, now, I know this is not on the screen, but it's on the app, but confession of sin is a painful discipline. It's a dough a way to life, if we fail to use this door, we'll find ourselves stumbling around in the deceitfulness of our own souls. It's a doorway. It's a way to life. A life that leads to freedom. A life that sets us free from the captivity of sin. God's Word talks about how He has come to set the captives free. <laughs> He's come <laughs> to set us free from being tied down by sin. And confession is a pathway, a doorway that leads us out of that place, out of the prison cell of sin 
into the freedom that God has for our lives. It's a way. We've been focusing on this passage of Scripture in Jeremiah chapter 6 as an anchor verse, but it's talking about 6, chapter 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. Every discipline that we've been looking at is leading to freedom of our souls. Freedom of our souls. And he, and he says, walk in the ancient path and you'll find rest for your souls. Ask for the ways of Jesus and you'll find rest for your souls. Sometimes the good way, the path of Jesus, is the, is the path that is of most resistance. Because it is counter to the world that we live in. And as human beings, we tend to always take the path of less resistance. The disciplines of God will come with resistance because it goes against our humanness. It goes against our fleshliness. It goes against our selfishness, our sinful life. And so when we see the things that Jesus tells us to live and to apply and to put into practice, there is going to be resistance. But if we are willing to work past the resistance with the help of God and the help of the Holy Spirit, on the other side of that, you're going to find freedom. So the ancient path, ask for the way of Jesus, the doorway that leads to freedom, ask for the path of confession and repentance. The disciplines and practices up to this point lead us, up to this point, lead us to the heart of confession, okay? Silence and solitude. Uh, it helps us sit in the presence of God to, uh, to tune in to the frequency of God, to be able to hear the voice of God, and to understand what He's speaking to our hearts. It draws us close. Fasting, the discipline of fasting and prayer, creates intimacy with God. It strips away, it takes away, detoxes our bodies from the things of this world, and it creates intimacy with God where we discover who He is. Worship prepares our hearts, prepares our hearts to meet, to be in awe, in reverence to this God. It prepares us and, and leads us into the presence of God, which then we come to confession. Confession where the heart that is willing to acknowledge, to confess that Jesus is Lord. <laughs> it is hard for us to confess that Jesus is Lord if we are distracted by all the things of this world and the things that are pulling us away. And, and if we, it's hard for us to confess that Jesus is Lord if we are not affectionately in love with God. But these other disciplines lead us into a place where we come into this place where we're able to confess with our mouths and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. The heart that shows awe and adoration and worship to Abba, Father. That word Abba means an intimate and personal relationship with God. 
a nearness, a closeness. I sat down with um, a lady from our church this past week, and she was, um, she, um, was talking about how um, she uh, is retired. She's at home, and she talks about how she now understands what it is to sit in her chair and to sit next to Jesus and to have this conversation and the beauty that comes because Jesus is having this conversation with her and she's in this intimate relationship with him. We don't have to wait till that age to experience that. We can have that now in this moment in, in being intentional. And, and so we see when we confess with our mouths, it, it creates this adoration and a heart of worship to Abba, Abba Father. A heart that points to Jesus at the center of it all. And we've been using this graphic, and they'll, they'll put it up here, but uh, we've been looking at this as Jesus being the center of our whole life. And it starts with all of the disciplines that lead to confessing that Jesus is Lord, because when we confess that Jesus is Lord, what happens? Jesus moves into the lordship of our life. He moves into the center of our lives, which then aligns every part of our life. Every piece of our life needs to be aligned on Jesus, and there is a shift that starts to happen. The psalmist says it this way. He says, shout with joy to the Lord. Shout. Confess. Proclaim with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with uh, Him singing with joy, acknowledging acknowledging that Lord is God, confessing, proclaiming, making the statement that God, that the Lord is God. He made us, we are His, we are His people, and the sheep of His pastures. To confess, to confess to the whole world that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of my life. He's King of my life. He's the Savior of my life. He is Lord. When we do this kind of confessing, or when we do this kind of proclamation with our mouths, there's a different kind of confession that also starts to take place. Now keep in mind, it starts with us confessing that Jesus is Lord. And when we do that, there is this beauty that starts to emerge. Not by force, but by willing desire. The confession of impure thoughts, actions, motives, lifestyles in our life, they start to want to leave and start to make their way out of our life. There's a purifying, there's a cleansing, there's a... a, 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 a um, uh, uh, removing that starts to happen out of us confessing that Jesus is Lord, the sin starts to make its way out of our life. And it leads to freedom in Jesus Christ. Why do I say that? The reason I say that is when we confess that Jesus is Lord, our bodies start to become a sanctuary, a holy temple where God takes residence in our life. And when Jesus, the light of the world, starts to take residence in our life, 
darkness, sin cannot live in our lives. It's like water and oil. And so what happens is we start to confess that Jesus is Lord. Then we start to confess because God reveals to us the areas of our life that need to leave. And we confess willingly the sin because we want to get away because God and sin cannot live in the same body. But we struggle with something. When we struggle to confess that Jesus is Lord, we also struggle to confess our sin and weakness. When we struggle to confess that Jesus is Lord, and I'm going to make this bold statement here. We confess a lot of things with our mouths. But we struggle to confess that Jesus is Lord. And that is the beginning point of true confession starting to happen in our life. What I mean by that is proclaiming with our mouth, can you hear me speak right now? You guys, can you all hear me speak? That means I'm saying something and you can hear me, right? Shout to the Lord. Shout to the world that the the Lord is God. Jesus is Lord of my life. You guys want to try that? If you feel comfortable on three, one, two, three. We just confessed something, and there is a shift that starts to happen in our life. What would happen if we started to confess that every day? And we start to see a shift where Jesus is not just on the outside, but he starts to shift to the inside, to the center of our lives. And now things start to shift differently, and we live differently. See, at the heart of God is the desire to forgive and give. To find and redeem. That's the heart of God. Because of this, he set into motion the entire redemptive or, uh, process that culminates at the cross and was confirmed in the resurrection. The beautiful sacrificial death that set us free. Now the notion in our world today is that man was bad, that God was mad, and he needed to find somebody big enough that can take the rap for all of the sin and brokenness of our world. And the world sees God as this angry, mean God that wants to destroy mankind for sin. Not true. It was love, not anger, that brought Jesus to the cross. It was love. Golgotha came as a result of God's great desire to forgive, not his reluctance to. He wanted to restore. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, and um, I'm reading from the message translation because I feel like did a great job in just communicating this. And he said, he wants, and I say that he wants, Not only us, but everyone saved. You know, everyone to get to know the truth we've learned. He wants that. He wants to save everyone. And there's one God and only one. 
and one priest mediator between God and us, Jesus, who offered himself in exchange for everyone held captive by sin to set us free, to set them all free. He desired, he wanted, he wanted to do this for you and me, to set us free, to set us free from sin. Jesus saw that through his vicarious suffering, he could initialize all evil of mankind and so heal it and forgive it. And we see the word vicarious suffering refers to suffering in place of. Suffering in place of and for the benefit of others. Suffering in place of you and me. In benefit of you and me so that we can be restored back into a relationship. All of this happened, why? Because of love. Because He loved you and me. Paul wrote it in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, and he said, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Christ is the conduit. Through Christ, we are made right because He loves us and He desires to be in a relationship with us. He desires to restore us back. He desires to set us free from captivity. He desires to set us free from the brokenness and the hurt and the, the sin that has caused us to be separated from God. Jesus Christ became the way for us to the Father. He became the pathway, the door that we get to walk through to have access to the Father. Jesus Christ became the conduit of our Heavenly Father's mercy and grace for it to flow from the Father to us, a conduit that was created when He went to the cross. He became the, the pathway, the doorway to freedom from sin and selfishness. Jesus on the cross, Jesus takes on into himself the darkness and the powers of the evil that we see around us and defeated them by his death and resurrection. He did all of this for you and me because of love, not because there is an angry God out to get mankind, because he loves you and wants to restore that relationship. He created a way. He created a way for sinful, broken people like you and me through confession, through confession to come to the Father, to have access to the Father, to be in continual relationship with the Father through confession, repentance, and forgiveness. We open the door to access to the Father. Confession, a pathway that leads us to freedom. See, for many, the cross is seen as a means of salvation, and it is, it is. But salvation is more than who will get to heaven 
or who will become a Christian. That's just the beginning stages. When we give our lives to Jesus Christ, it's the starting point. It's the, the, the starting blocks of running this race. And salvation is more. Salvation is uh, it's a starting point, but it is working out our salvation with fear and trembling is what Philippians 2 verse 12 says. Working out our salvation. So what, what does that mean? Our salvation is freely given. We do not work for it. We can't earn it, right? Mercy is shown and grace is given so freely from the Father who loves us through the blood of Jesus Christ. When we come to the cross, when we come and receive that gift, it is a free gift that is given, salvation. The Father wants to show us mercy, mercy, not getting what we deserved, okay? Mercy, not getting what we deserve, which was the punishment for our sin. The Father said, no, you will not get what you deserve when you come to me. But when you come to me, I will give you grace. What is that? Getting what we did not deserve because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so it's given to us freely, Jesus on the cross showed us that great mercy. And he gave us that amazing grace. That amazing grace. This is given freely. But, but, even though it's given to us freely and we receive it, then it requires us to implement the discipline of working out through our lives, through confession, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, the things of this world, the disordered desires, the sinful lifestyles, the habits, the behaviors, the brokenness, the separation that is separating us from the love of Jesus Christ. There's a discipline of confession that is required to work that out of our system. It is a doorway that leads to freedom. So we ask Jesus Christ into our hearts by confessing Jesus is Lord, but then we start to work this out by trusting, by living, by walking with Him and opening that door. And when Jesus comes in, sin starts to leave. When Jesus comes in, sin starts to leave. But we have to confess that sin. We need to let the Holy Spirit reveal that, and then we confess that to the Father, and we receive more forgiveness. Through the act of confession, we have the means to come into more of the forgiving grace that God has for us. More of the forgiving grace. And what, what does that mean? That means uh, there is only so much space in our container. And as sin starts to leave, what happens? God starts to move in more and more. And His presence starts to saturate our lives more and more more of His grace starts to flow into our lives. And we start to shift. We start to change. We start to turn. We start to look more like Jesus and less like this world. The things of this world don't attract us anymore because the things of Jesus start to take precedence in our life. The will of the Father starts to be revealed to us in our hearts. We discover the heart of the Father and we start to pray prayers that are in alignment with Jesus. Beauty out of ashes. Confession. Confession helps the believer 
grow into a mature manhood. When I was a child, I did childish stuff. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I was drinking milk. But as I confess and as I continue to live, I started eating meat. And things started to shift. Confession starts to make us more like Jesus. This morning, before we go into this time of communion, maybe you're in this room this morning and you have never confessed that Jesus is Lord. You've never asked him into your heart. I don't want to leave you out of this process where we get to enjoy coming to the table. So at this moment, I want to have every eye closed, every head bowed, every heart bowed to the Lord. I'm giving you an opportunity. Give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your life. To confess with your mouth, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I ask you to come and to take residence in my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I want to be under your leadership. I want to be under your lordship. I want you to be the king of my life. You've never done that. I'm giving you an opportunity if you're in this room and you've never done that. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand real quick just to uh, let God know and let me know, hey, that's what I'm doing. Yep, thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else? You want to just give your life to God this morning. I see that. You can drop that hand. Thank you. Anyone else across this room? You just want to confess, give your life to Jesus this morning. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer together, and I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And I ask all of you to pray it with me for those that are praying this prayer for the very first time. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I turn away from my sin. And I turn towards you. I give you all of my life. And all that I have. And all that I hope to be. I am yours. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for changing me. And thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, heaven is rejoicing over you that gave your life to Jesus Christ this morning for the very first time. Can we just celebrate that in God's house this morning? As we prepare for communion this morning, you and I get to reflect on the beautiful freeing that took place at the foot of the cross where we were captive, chained in sin and were set free and were given access to sit at the table with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Where we were given a new name Sons and daughters of the Almighty God. Given a new identity. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's special possession. 
That's you and me. This morning, you, through confession, confessing His name as Lord and Savior, also confessing your sins and shortcomings, you and I get to draw close to the heart of the Father. This morning, through the act of communion, we get to revisit the cross to remember what Jesus did for you and me because he loves you, because he loves me. Before we go into the act of communion, I just want to ask if anyone has not received the elements this morning, if you were missed on the way in, just raise your hand. We've got ushers at the back that would like to serve you this morning. Is there anyone here at Flag Church, we, uh, you don't have to be a member to receive communion. All we ask is that you have received Jesus Christ into your Lord and you have a relationship with Him. We ask you to come to the table. Uh, if this is your very first time. There is uh, two flaps. You'll notice the top cellophane flap. If you fold it back, we'll expose the bread. So if you want to go ahead and do that right now. And then the second flap which is the little metal flap will expose the grape juice underneath. So if you want to go ahead and prepare the elements at this time. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread. He broke it gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. His body that was broken, broken on the cross, beaten, disfigured, for you and me, willingly, because he loved you, and he loved me, his body. This morning, before we even take this bread, would you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life? And once you've done that, if you feel comfortable, if you, once you've done that, then I ask you to partake of the body. Thank you, Jesus, for being Lord and Savior of my life. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Mm. After that, he took the cup. After he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my blood poured out for you. Not sprinkled, not dripped, but poured out. Out of love. To save you and me. To restore us back into a relationship. 
before we partake of the cup, would you confess to Jesus this morning for the sins in our life? Confess to him and ask him to wash us, to cover us with that blood that was poured out for you and for me. And once you've done that, I ask you to partake of the great shoes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for forgiving. I ask that you would continue to forgive, Lord, to purify, to cleanse, to wash. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. morning I've asked the worship team to lead us in this song and I'd ask you to remain seated to reflect on the words to let it minister to your heart and if you feel led to sing you can sing along lead us out worship team
Father, we thank you that you are forever mine. Thank you, Jesus. His grace so freely given. His mercy so freely given. Confession opens the door to access that, to sit at the table, to be with the Father. So, confession is a private discipline, right? Is it just between me and God? Or is there more? Is there a corporate element to confession? The answer is yes. It is both. Let me explain. We've already seen that we have access to this amazing gift of freedom that comes through confessing that Jesus is Lord. That we have access to come to the Father and to confess our sins to Him and say, God, will you forgive me? And it is a, a, a daily routine because we are sinful beings, right? Any of you are perfect after we gave our life to Jesus Christ? Any of us stop sinning? No, right? So it's a continual confessing to Jesus for our sins. But there is a, a secondary expectation that comes with confession. And we see this in James chapter 5, verse 16. And it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. Yikes, now it gets kind of dicey, right? What? Where did this come from? I never saw that in the Bible. Did you write that in there? No, it's there. You got to go look at James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. And what happens? So that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, I'm only going to touch the surface of this because this is so complex, but this, this is, there is a beauty that comes. And what we see happening here is James is writing this uh, and is asking us to confess to each other 
and to pray for each other. And if you look at the context of where he's writing this, he's writing this to a community of believers in the New Testament church uh, where the life of God is flowing through that community, where there is fellowship happening, where there is sharing happening, where there is love, where there is caring happening within the context of this fellowship, this safe environment where, where there is love, there is space created for confession. And that, in today's world, that looks like, you know what? Life groups. <laughs> Life groups. Where there is fellowship happening, where there is sharing happening, where there is love happening, where there is caring happening, where there is genuine connection, not just surface level. There is this connection of community that happens then creates safe environments for confession to happen. So you've got to understand, we were created for community, not for isolation. We were created to do life together and walk with each other, to hold each other accountable, to help each other, to lead each other, to pick each other up when we fall, to celebrate with each other when they, there is great things happening in other people's lives. We were created to be uh, with each other that creates us to be in the likeness of Jesus. We were created to be interdependent. Interdependency leads to life and vitality. Independency leads to death and destruction. What kind of world do we live in today? What is encouraged today? What is championed today? What is celebrated today? Independence. Live independently. You don't need anybody. You got this. You are the king of your life. Go live in freedom. No restraints. You don't need to be accountable to anyone. Our world revolves around independence. Men, I feel like I need to say this. Men in the room. Do not live in isolation. Find a community. Find a community. Hey, one way, this next Saturday, men's breakfast. Come find a community. Isolation leads to death and destruction. We're created for interdependency. Confession to another human being is scary. Sometimes it's, it's scary because it is exposing the insides of our life to another human being and letting them know where our weaknesses are. But what Scripture says is that it leads to what? Healing. It leads to healing. We need people around us that we can be comfortable enough with, that we feel safe, that feel loved, that also believe in Jesus Christ that we can confess our shortcomings and our sins and allow them to pray for us. Now, let me tell you a warning. Don't confess to anyone and everyone because when we confess to the wrong kind of people, they can destroy us. They can hurt us. They can create more scars. They can take the brokenness and make it worse. This is why it's important to find the right kind of people. 
Be in a community that you can trust, that, that have your best interests, that love you just like uh, uh, Christ loved uh, the church, that loves Jesus, that can speak honestly, that can lead you into the presence of Jesus. It's in the safety of a group, a life group maybe. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 6 says, Wounds of a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. We have a lot of friends out there that are telling us what we should do, but may not be what we need to hear. But when we come into the safety of a community that loves Jesus and loves us, then we're able to confess. Dallas Willard put it this way, Confession alone makes deep fellowship possible. Confession alone makes deep fellowship possible. The lack of it explains much of the superficial quality, so community found in our church associations. The surface level relationships that we see in church today is because we lack confession. The reason people struggle to confess their sins to each other is because everyone thinks that the, the person sitting in the room is always thinking that everyone else is a saint. <laughs> and they're the only one that is messed up. But let me tell you this morning that we're all kind of messed up. There are no saints in the room, okay? All of us are messed up. And so we need each other to help each other continue to be more like Jesus, why is this important? Because there are sins that have a hold of us that we can go to Jesus and say, God, forgive me of this sin. But the lifestyle and the habit never leave. And so it seems like we're always coming to the altar every week for the same sin because it's got a hold of us. I'll give you an example. When I was doing youth ministry, there was a, a student who um, loved Jesus, loved Jesus with all of his heart. He was passionate about Jesus. He was genuinely walking that walk. And one day, out of the blues, he walked into my office and kind of surprised me. He sat down and he said, hey, um, I'm struggling with pornography. He had been to the altar multiple times and asked for forgiveness, but it was still totally holding him down. It's like, okay. Okay, well, I'm glad you brought that to me. Let's talk about it. So in confidence and in safety, we started to talk about it. We started to figure out how we can pray for each other, how I could pray for him, how I could walk this journey with him, how I could give him tools and equip him to help him walk out of the prison that the enemy had put around them with the addiction of pornography. It was a two-year journey. But today, he's free. Today he's free. 
Amen. Praise God. Today, he's leading others to Jesus Christ. Today, he's in a, a powerful place where God is using in mighty ways. Because he was willing to confess to someone that cared, someone that loved Jesus, someone that was willing to hold him accountable, walk that journey with him. What did James say? Therefore, confess your sins to each other, not so that we can put guilt on you, not so that we can uh, say, oh man, how messed up are you? No, 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 because it's in the safety of a, a healthy, vibrant group that loves Jesus. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Walk with each other. Hold each other up. Let's break the, 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 the captivity of sin that the enemy has on you and set people free so that they can experience the fullness of life that comes through Jesus Christ. And confession is the doorway. Confession starting with Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. Confession of coming to the Father and asking for forgiveness of sin. Confession of coming to a healthy community and saying, Hey, could you hold me accountable? I am struggling with this. I need help. Can you pray for me? Can you walk with me? Can you help me? And we walk together. And we know what Jesus does when two or three are gathered together. He comes and there is a bond that starts to form. And there is freedom that happens in that place. Diedrich Bonhoeffer said it this way. A man who confesses his sin in the presence of a brother knows that he is no longer alone with himself. How many of us feel alone by ourselves right now? Because we know what's happening inside. We're trying to fight it ourselves. We're trying to hide it from the world. We're trying to put on a facade and trying to put on our masks and trying to ask for forgiveness. But we go home and it falls apart and, and we're back to square one. And we're like, what is happening in my life? How do I get out of this prison cell, right? He knows that he's no longer alone with himself. He experienced the presence of God in the reality of the other person. When two or three are gathered, I am there with them, right? As long as I am by myself in the confession of my sins, everything remains in the clear. But in the presence of a brother, the sin has to be brought into the light. And where the light is, <laughs> there is freedom. Because Jesus is the ultimate light. Confession is a powerful discipline when used correctly can bring freedom and restoration. So I want to challenge you this week. Would you consider walking in the discipline of confession? Would you consider starting by first confessing that Jesus is Lord 
where he becomes sinner in our life, which starts the revelation process and inside of the areas of our life that we know are kind of broken still because the Holy Spirit reveals that. We take that to the Father and say, God, you've revealed this area of sin in my life or brokenness or, or scar or whatever it is, and I'm bringing it to you. We look to see if we find freedom. If we can't find freedom, then we find the community where we can come and, and reveal that, that area of brokenness or sin, and in the, free, in, in the safety of that community, we pray and find freedom. We still trust in God, but He works through His community. The beauty of confession. So, like we've been doing, uh, we'll put that up on the screen. Um, every week, we've been giving you a reading plan. We want to give you tools to spend time in God's Word, to pray, and to reflect. And this one is talking about breaking through the, uh, the, the addictions and the sins through confession. And so, I hope that you would consider reading along. This starts on Monday. Uh, you can scan that QR code. You can go to our app. But we hope that you would take the time to, uh, to read and let God minister to your heart and find freedom that comes through confession. If you'd stand with me right now. Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us and that, Father, that you have given us the pathway through Jesus Christ, that we could access, we can sit at the table, that we could be in communion, we could be in relationship with you by acknowledging that you are Lord and Savior of our life, by confessing and calling on your name. Father, we thank you that you have given us ways to be in community, in healthy community, that we may find freedom and healing for our life. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us this week to trust you, to be near to you, to listen to you. I pray that you would reveal to us through your Holy Spirit the areas of our life that still need addressed and that we would receive the freedom that comes through the discipline of confession. So now, Lord, I ask that you would bless and keep us in your presence. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen, amen. Have a blessed Sunday. We'll see you guys next week.